welcome back to another episode of this Iconic Life podcast. I'm so happy that you're joining me today, and I want to apologize for last week not having an episode out, but we're back, we're better than ever, and I don't know if you noticed, but we have an intro now, and I am so stoked about it. My sister's friend, Danny made it, and it's so perfect, it matches the vibes perfectly, I'm just so in awe. It's an original, he made it himself. So, so cool. I'm obsessed. Anyways, today we are going to be talking about international life and the importance of having a multicultural view on life. Now, as many of you know, one of my biggest dreams in life is to travel the world. That is basically my main goal, and I also surround myself by people that have this same goal. So many of my friends would love to travel the world and see the world and experience the world. So I thought that this would be something important to talk about, especially considering my main audience is my friends. And a lot of you, even if you don't really want to travel a lot, everyone kind of wants to know about the world, you know? So I think that this is something that is needing to be talked about and really important because it's something that we can all learn about, especially if you live in America. I feel like we are very prone to just sticking with our culture, but it's so important to learn about everything else in the world. So I have brought on a guest because I, obviously, I haven't even been out of the country. I am going to be honest, I don't really know that much about living internationally or being multicultural or anything like that. So I have brought on a guest, Francisco, the man, the myth, the legend. He's fluent in five languages, travels the world, sails the world, does humanitarian projects throughout the world. Just so many different things. You name it, he's done it. Such a cool person, and I'm so grateful to have him in my family. And... Uh, throughout this episode, I really want you to think about everything that he's saying because he has so much truth and so much wisdom about so many different things, not even just international life and being multicultural, but so many different things. So I really encourage you to really uh, take in what he has to say because all of it is so important. And if anything, he has the coolest accent. So you will definitely be getting something out of this episode, and I hope it's more than the accent because, oh, such a cool human and such a wise human. So anyways, thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Um, so I guess we can start off with where were you born? Right. Hello, everybody. I was born in France in a place called Bordeaux, which uh, produces one of the best world wines. Uh, and I come from a family of uh, seven generation Spanish people from the northern part of Spain, a town called Santander, which you might know because there is a lot of signs for advertising the bank of Santander, which is the origin of the town. Hmm. And uh, what values and lessons growing up were you taught to learn like the importance of different cultures. Right, well this is a very important thing. Um, when I was a teenager, I always realized um, I was always interested in learning 
different cultures. And that was a, just a curiosity from my side. And what came a curiosity was transformed over the years in, in a passion. And I decided very, very early on, I was maybe 14 years old, uh, 15 years old in France, and I was studying there. And I decided to actually make a life out of it, a professional life, a social life and also uh, an intellectual life uh, professionally. So I decided to actually turn and and give my life a turn very, very dramatic in the sense that I decided to give from day one, everything had to be international. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of times I know talking to my friends, they say that they want to travel and they want to be international, but what made this dream, I guess, into a reality for you? Right. Well, that's a really good question. So uh, I was surrounded. I, I was actually, as I said, born in France, in Bordeaux. But, I, you know, it, it was a quite of a rural place. And I was very, very... It was very difficult for me because I had to actually face an uphill in terms of mentality. A lot of my friends didn't understand why I wanted to travel to America, for instance, when I was 16 years old. Uh, that was my first trip to America. Um, I flipped from burgers and I did some waiter jobs uh, to get some money and fly over to study, actually, English. And very early on, I had... You know, it was really a struggle for me with my friends because they couldn't understand why. I mean, for them, international was going to Spain on a beach holiday or going to Italy for a mountain holiday. But that was it. I mean, it was not uh, it was not like the way I looked at it. For me, it was very, very early on. It was to decide that my life was going to be totally international, professionally and socially international and it actually was very very difficult because I'm a baby boomer I was born in 1958 I'm 63 years old and um, and actually during the years of education which were 74 75 78 um, we didn't have you know cell phones we didn't had any 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 internet things and um, and and the mentalities were quite uh, you know uh, provincial uh, I would say so the for me that 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 struggle uh, actually gave me more power and more interest even the less the less interested my friends were the more I was interesting to do it to make it happen. Hmm, I love that. Um, what inspires you the most from different cultures? And um, I I think that we are you you know we are gifted as human beings to. To be able to choose who you we want to be with, and I think that every single person has a an extremely interesting, you know, universe by themselves. Whether they are Africans, uh, Americans, Latin Americans, or Asians, everybody has as as a universe. I call it a universe because it it, it covers everything. It covers the food, the thinking, the the work, uh, the ethics. Uh, the different values that they have. So, so for me, that that was that curiosity um, uh, was the most interesting for me to to start to understand, to dig into it, to but to be part of it. I didn't want to be a tourist. I don't want to be in Asia for being a tourist. I wanted to go to Asia for understanding and working with those people. And it's very different than when you travel for work. And for cultural aspects than when you travel just for tourism. So it's for me the the the, the diversity the diversity of people in how they operate, how they work, how they think was to me the 
you know, the token, the, the, the golden token, if I may say. Mm -hmm. So you're saying when, if you want to travel and you want to really embrace these different universes, I guess, um, the best way to not really be a tourist, I guess, is to really make connections and like... Actually, it's more than connections. I mean, you, you're right. I mean, you, you can you can still travel for 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 pleasure and for tourism and all this, but I think that you only get a certain, just a small percentage of what it really is. I think that the the, the beauty of if you want to give yourself an international outlook to your life, uh, professionally and socially. Um, tourism is always a starting point, right? You start tra traveling, you start looking at different cultures. It's important to learn them because, I mean, if you only start with Europe, I mean, we have we have over two thousand years, if not more, of of history, and 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 let's not forget that's where a lot of cultures, a lot of languages, a lot of thinking has been actually was born. Okay, uh, we know human beings started in Africa, but the thoughts didn't start in Africa. The, th the thinking process of humanity started really in Europe. And, and let's go, let, let's not start with an history uh, session here, but we, we know, you know, all the way back to the Greeks and even before, we had already a lot of culture to give to the people. And when you travel and you understand that, that is actually is a very important thing, definitely. It's important to understand the history and the background and all this. But at the same time, once you have passed that, first, what I call the first hurdle, okay, understanding the culture, having seen the Eiffel Tower and the Coliseum, and once you have seen them, fine. Once you understand them, it's better. And then you can go into the next level, which is the language. And then the people, how they think. Why do they take two hours for lunch in Paris? Or why do Italians like to sit down, like the Spaniards, in a cafe and chit-chatting for hours? Okay, That is what I think is very interesting because you realize that they are not wasting time. They are having a, a way of life that is extremely valuable. And because you understand now that level, then you can actually even dig even more because then that's when the opportunities for work, collaboration, opportunities, exchange, and so on and so forth come, come into play. So it's only a matter of how much you embrace, okay? And as, I, you, know, as you said before, I speak five languages, and French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, and, and German. And one of the things that I found out is that as soon as you learn a language, it's absolutely incredible the way your brain works. You open like a Pandora box again of knowledge. If you have the opportunity, well in America you should start de facto to learn, you know, if you start with Latin, Spanish is a natural language. And we all know that America has more Spanish speakers than every, even in Latin America. So what, what you, if you start opening a language box, you have no idea how much good is going to be making to your life. And, and then if you happen another one, if you speak like French or German or Italian, um, it's an, again another box. And what happens is that now your brain doesn't work in one kind of dimension, let's say English or French or Spanish, but now your brain actually has a 360 degrees view of the world. And that actually in, brings to you something extremely interesting, which is actually different ways of thinking, different ways to look at life, different ways to look at art, architecture, 
history, uh, different ways to understand you know, um, uh, social movements in your life, different ways to look at, you know, how, why a country behaves like this versus this country behaving like that. Um, it helps me a lot, for instance, to understand geopolitics, uh, economy. It helps me to understand my daily life, as a matter of fact, about events happening. And, and, and that's where I think the multicultural, multilingual, um, uh, aspect of things um, are, are so important today and even more than ever before because now we are global we are really global and um, you have access to so much information that this is actually so rich now that as I always say if you don't want to learn today it's really because you don't want to because we have the tools to do it mm -hmm. um, what tips do you have for people wanting to learn a language that I guess that would be a barrier for them. Well, look, I mean, one of the biggest things that I've come across, you know, peoples of all age, like yourself, young, young teenagers or, or, or even adults, is being ashamed, ashamed of making mistakes. And that is to me, and you will excuse me, but it's very, very much what I think, is very stupid uh, to think like that. Um, when you try to actually start to learn a language, the, I always have a lot of respect for people who try. Okay. Never be ashamed of learning a language. Never be ashamed to make mistakes. Never be ashamed not to know the construction of the sentence perfectly. Um, I even do myself, even though I speak English, I do a lot of mistakes in English. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when I write, I make, I make grammatical <laughs> errors that you guys, I'm sure you don't make. Um, I don't care. I don't care because the more mistakes I make, the more I'm learning. And if, and if somebody is across me and, and I encourage people to actually correct me in my English because that's the way I learn and that's the way I was able to make a life, a living life, professional life because I spoke English very, very early on in my life. So uh, I, I would say that people get shy and, and get, you know, uh, introverted because they say, oh, I don't speak well. I say, who cares? Try it, you know, try to order a dinner in French, try to have a conversation in Italian, and that's already a big high five that you get. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I like to ask people this, that their first language isn't English, but what language do you think in? Oh, uh, that's, that's a really good question. Well, actually, I have a problem <laughs> for when it comes to thinking. Um, for me, my, my mind is, when it comes to business, it's always in English, because it's easy. English is not a difficult language in business. It's very easy. The words are very, very straightforward. Um, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a square approach, you know. It's do or don't, right? Uh, but when I'm thinking about life, when I'm thinking about philosophy, when I'm thinking about, you know, reflections, it's mostly French or Spanish. Um, but when I count, I always count in French because I studied in French. And uh, uh, so when I count, I have to go back to my school roots and uh, I only multiply and divide in, uh, in French and not never in English because it takes me too long time. Um, but yeah, it's, it, and, and actually that comes back to what I was saying before, which is if you're able to speak different languages, then your brain is used to move from one side of, the, of your uh, of your 
brain itself uh, from left to right and center and then go back around so you actually make practice you, you make your brain really work very very well um, so I def d d depends when I count it's in French when I uh, when I think it's in uh, it's in Spanish and French when it's uh, or Italian and when it's uh, and it, when it's business it's actually purely English that comes up yeah. hmm, that's really interesting <laughs> you were saying how different people from different cultures and things, mm -hmm. they do different things. Um, oh, yeah. So what are some of the most important things you've learned from that? Yeah, well, I think that the, the most important thing is that, you know, um, we there is a lot of things we don't know, okay? And as, as, as much as you want to learn, you will always be, we will always be ignorant. That's always what I say. And in particular, there is, I recently learned a, a a sentence um, that I think is very appropriate uh, to to where we are today. We believe that we be we know everything, because we have a WhatsApp, or we have a you know a TikTok or Facebook or whatever that is, and um, and in and and I heard uh, a sentence that was why they were asking Einstein why he was spending so many many years learning and and learning about you know, space and time and velocity and all those things. And actually, he said very easily, this was after over 10 years of study, he says, I never get, never, never get tired of exploring the depth of my ignorance. So remember, never, never get tired to explore the depth of your ignorance. And that's the way I live. Mm -hmm. I always think that I know nothing and I'm learning all the time. So to answer your question is the most beautiful thing that is actually uh, given to me is by discovering ways of thinking, way of uh, working, way of looking at life, um, ways of solving problems, which is fabulous because I can tell you if you talk to an Asian or Chinese or Japanese or Korean or if you speak to a Middle Eastern or if you speak to an Italian or Portuguese or a Chilean or whatever, they're going to have different ways of looking at the same problem. So to me, that is the most important thing that I've learned is that we don't know anything, mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's so many things we can learn because we get in embracing different ways of talking and thinking and working together. That is, uh, to me, the most important that I can, could ex extract from. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that you, when you travel, you do a lot of different things and you help a lot of different causes. So did you want to talk about any of those things? Projects? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so you know, it's the, the, I think that the, there is a couple of things. I have the privilege to, to work for myself, and I have my own company now in, in the UK now for, uh, for over 10 years now. So that gives me a lot of free time. And, um, and I have, uh, there is two areas that I'm very, very passionate about is, you know, helping people uh, and doing the best I can to contribute to society uh, with small things maybe for all the people around me, but they're big things for me. And um, for instance, um, a year and a half ago, just before COVID, um, uh, I was involved into the uh, building what we call the last mile uh, to build you know, clean water facilities for uh, villages in Benin, West Africa, uh, an ex-colony of France. And basically we were going at the end 
uh, really at the end of the, the road, I mean, uh, even more than the end of the road, where mortality is about 50% of children before five years old because they don't have clean water. And uh, I did that project, and actually the United Nations WASH program, which is water and sanitation and hygiene, uh, uh, approved our project and recognized it on, the, on their website. Um, that's an example, and in fact now it works so well that we are now going to do five more centers, five more wells, uh, which are going to be purified, <clears throat> and um, and I uh, and I want these to happen actually this year. Hopefully, we will have. We were a little bit delayed because of the COVID, but uh, hopefully, 2022 we'll see the birth of five new uh, wells. And to give you an idea, one well purified gives water to about seven to eight hundred people at the same time. That's so cool. So that is that is a lot of impact, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Uh, in Tanzania, for instance, um, uh, we're now uh, expanding a school for children with special needs, children which have, uh, you know, hearing, vision, and uh, speaking deficiencies. And what we're doing with them is to... Uh, give them the facility to be taken care of from when they are uh, three years old on average uh, all the way to high school and and get them the opportunity to read and and be taken from a medical standpoint all the way in order not to miss uh, primary secondary schools as you know uh, any other children should have so that's two examples of things that are going on right now um, in the past I've done things in uh, Cuba for children with hearing deficiencies uh, in Peru with a disaster recovery uh, people are affected by big disasters and uh, floods in particular in Bangladesh he was basically um, uh, we were going there to uh, educate them in terms of you know building their businesses and organizing their local micro businesses and so on so it's a these are the kind of things i like to do in in addition to my work um and and then the other thing is is sports i love sports and um and i just crossed the atlantic on a sailing boat back in december uh this uh, 21 uh, and it was very fun, actually, crossing the Atlantic on a sailing boat uh, in 14 days and 12 hours. And so cool. uh, that was very, very nice. So, uh, so yes, these are the kind of uh, what I call important complementary exercises. And there is many more to come, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you do these different projects because it really puts a good perspective on everything in the world. Mm. You are absolutely right. The thing that actually that what it does is actually that... I, I always say that whatever I'm putting into it, because all those projects, for instance, humanitarians are on a pro bono basis, I always say that I get more than I give. I always get more than I give. I don't know why. And it's not only satisfaction, it's only, it helps me to understand a lot of things. And then, believe it or not, I can apply them to my daily working life, my daily social life, and so on. So it's much more, it's, it's much more easy. Mm-hmm. To leave because now you have you, you you can you can make it more what it is right to oh. make it look like more like it is so you then you don't get carried away you just see reality mm-hmm. uh, as it is so it's it's very interesting to to diversify not only your professional life but your social life your sports life uh, I'm a big fan of sports and it's um, and it's very important to have all those different you know, uh, keys on your piano that you can play. And then all these makes a beautiful harmony in your life, I'm Mm -hmm. sure.
Mm-hmm. With sailing, what has been your favorite sailing destination? Oh, well, actually, my favorite sailing destination has been, you know, going across the Atlantic now mm-hmm. from uh, Gran Canarias uh, via Cape Verde in, uh, in Western Africa all the way to Barbados. That was a, a fun one. Uh, but yeah, this year I'm going to be going down to Greece for, for six weeks of sailing there in the Cyclades and the uh, Ionian Seas, which are absolutely beautiful uh, islands. Uh, last year I was in, um, in Sardinia, the year before it was in uh, uh, Sicily. So I go a little bit of everywhere I can um, because I found that you know sailing is a very good way to look at a country. You can not only is that pleasant, pleasant, but also <clears throat> the, the people who are close to the sea have a certain mentality and have a cert, certain way of living and thinking, which is kind of actually interesting. And, uh, and Europe has, you know, just the Mediterranean has a lot of opportunities. If you go to Western Africa, you can go to, uh, uh, I did a lot of sailing there from Canarias to um, uh, Madeira, which is a Portuguese territory in the middle of the Atlantic. Um, uh, going to the Baleares uh, is another is another very attractive and very interesting area. So I would say, not only Mediterranean, Western Africa, and the Caribbean are the three that I really like uh, going sailing with, and uh, and you learn a lot with uh, with the local cultures again because they are very very different in all of those places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, look, I mean, I think that if I had to give an advice to, to a, a 14, 15 years old, young, uh, dynamic person, uh, I would say really, you know, open, your, open the Pandora boxes. Uh, you have the key. You, you have the key. You really can define how you want to make your life the best. Um, stop playing on your phone any games. Uh, start learning about international life. Start understanding different ways of thinking um, you know the uh, I, I think that the new generation the uh, uh, YZ generations uh, have a lot of advantages because we have now have good technology and the technology can help you understand a lot of things and learn a lot of things but at the same time don't stay glued to your screen I think that that's the biggest advice I will give <clears throat> because there is nothing better than smelling and testing and touching a country, a people, and understanding them, how they operate. Um, so if you spend too much time on your screen, you are going to be, you're not going to be opening this Pandora box. You'll have a, you'll have a, a no, uh, uh, um, I would say an, a, a sense eventually of knowing, but, but you won't know until you touch it, until you experience it. It's like being at sea, you know, you can follow all the classes you want to, but it's only when you're in a force eight, force eight, uh, Beaufort scale eight, which is actually, you can look at it, it's actually a very strong wind. Unless you actually are in a boat and you experience a force eight, you don't know sailing. Mm-hmm. And you can learn as much as you want on the screen, you can do all the videos you want, but unless you are on the boat, it's not going to be ingrained into your experience. So that's why use technology, use your iPad, your computer, use your iPhones, whatever that is, as a tool, but not as a mean, you know, as a tool to help you get there, but not, don't spend too much time on it. Mm-hmm. You know? exactly. And that will be my advice really for the new generations. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we have five senses. We might as well use all exactly. five of those and not just... Exactly, exactly. And that's a problem that a lot of people do not understand. They cannot make the transition. I personally love technology. I love technology. I use technology all day long if I can. But I always use... I am not the slave of my technology. The technology is my slave. It's my tool. It's it's the thing I use for something. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not the one that actually drives my life and, and, and I spend all my time on it because I have nothing else to do. So the technology is a tool to now even help me to do more things than I want to do around the world. Mm-hmm. More things that I want to do um, uh, with people. I mean, I'll, I'll close with this example, for instance. I'm working with uh, Santa Clara University on the social enterprise um, program. And we help basically, you know, women, in particular women, in very poor country to develop local business. And, and one of the things that they are, in particular, I'm helping sisters right now, who there is a group of five sisters in Uganda who are building a business. And the business is very simple is to raise pigs and piglets, which they sell to the local markets. And with the money they make, they pay the tuitions, the school tuitions, for the children in their village, which cannot afford uh, going to school. Now, this is a, a, a fantastic project. It's very small. It may sound stupid, but it's very, it has a huge impact mm-hmm. because Definitely. every year, 30 to 50 kids between 12 to 16 years old can go to school and learn how to write, count, and read, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, this project, I'm allowed to do it because the technology is there. So if I use properly the technology, I can have knowledge about what's happening. I can have knowledge about the region I'm working with. Mm-hmm. I can do a lot of work with the technology, but there is nothing better when I talk to these Uganda women uh, who are in the middle of nowhere, you know, making a huge impact for children already in the age of 14, 15 years old. So that's why technology has to be used as a tool and not as, an, uh, as a mean of living. You know, turn off your, your, your phone, you know, uh, only one or two hours a day and you will see your life is going to change. Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to start seeing many more things and smelling many more things and tasting very, very different things mm-hmm. and also hearing many more things. Mm, yes, I definitely agree. Well, thank you so much. No worries. Anytime. This thank you. Very cool. All thank right. you. Have an amazing day, everyone. I will see you on the next episode.